So, you know, it's no big deal. All right, ready? I'm ready. What is this episode? 309. 309. 309. All right, here we go. Let me get a sound check. You're listening to another. Here we go. You're listening to another episode of Total Talk Nonsense with John and Scott. All right, Total Talk Nonsense with John and Scott. I'm John. And I'm Scott. And this is episode 309, Scott. That's right, John. Episode 309. 308. Episode 308. Can you guess what the published date of episode 308 was? <laughs> I think it was in February. That's right. right? February 2nd, John. February really? 2nd. Oh, God. We talked about your lisp. My lisp. Upcoming gigs. Do I have a lisp? The Iowa caucus. Well, that was before the whole caucus process started. Yeah. This yeah. Is the last day. We didn't even. We, we, yeah, Trump was just like, oh, ha ha, he he. Now look at him. Yeah. He's, I'll look at him. He, he's your pal, man. He is my pal. Well, we've had many discussions with our friends about Trump and. Yeah, yeah, I got unfriended. And I got uninvited from any future Hawks games. Uh, and I didn't even say anything. I just asked questions. I just used the Socratic method. And I was told that I would Boom. never be invited That's back it. to the Hawks game. And I said, hey, dude, what are you talking about? I told you if it was between Trump <laughs> and Hillary, I would vote for Trump. All right, okay. You can, you can, you're invited. I, uh, I'm, I'm uh, taking back my uninvite. What a baby. Yeah, I, I don't get that. <laughs> So, so you really would vote for Trump? If it was Trump and Hillary, I would either not vote or I'd vote oh, for I'd, Trump. I'd have to not vote because I, wow, I can't even, and I know people say, oh, you know, if you don't vote, it's a vote for Trump, but how could it be a vote for Trump? That would mean that just as many Republicans would have to vote for Trump as me not voting for Trump, right? I guess. In order for it, because I'm... If you do the math. I think there's enough... <laughs> I think there's enough Trump haters on the Republican side as well. Well, I, I just... Hillary, um, she's not a leader at all to me. At all. The, she just seems so disingenuous. Well, the the first thing that I remember is... She gave all these speeches to Goldman Sachs for seven hundred fifty grand or a speech. I mean, yeah. or, or two hundred fifty. Who knows? Some outrageous sum of money that it, uh, more than we make in a year to talk to bankers um, about what? Who knows? But because she won't release the transcripts. And here is her great leader, John. Here, here's a great leader. I'm not going to release mine till they release theirs. Wow, that's a, a what a leader that is. <laughs> Uh, and then the thing that just came out today, she said that I'm not going to debate Sanders because until he gets nice. Nice? I don't even know what that means. Until he, he's nice. Does she understand if she wins the what she's going to be debating? She's going to be debating Donald Trump. Yeah. What is she going to, is this, she, is she laying the foundation for her excuse now? <laughs> but she's like one of the biggest bitches ever. I mean, they're, 
there's books about her bitchiness, like Secret Service is good morning, and she says fuck off. I mean, a guy that's there to save her life. Like I would, I would like. Whoops! There goes a bullet right by me. Oopsie! I was tying my Oops, shoe. Sorry. Oh, look at that! A penny. I mean, come on. What a fucking bitch. Well, and we talked about this whenever we had our last podcast. It's not. It's really not a. Um, it's really a reflection on the elect electoral process and on the citizens of the United States yeah. there, John. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so let's digress a little bit and talk about why we haven't podcasted in six weeks. So I went to AZ, then I came back, then I went to Europe for two weeks, then I came back, mm, then yeah. you went to AZ, yep. then you came back, and then we had other shit going on. Yeah. But when I was in Europe for two weeks, all anybody wanted to talk about, I was in the Netherlands. By Amsterdam. The Netherlands. Once they found out I was American, what is up with Donald Trump? What is going on with the election? What's happening in America? Yeah. What is happening? I'm like, hey, I don't know. Don't ask me. Um, but the, the <laughs> like, uh, BBC World News I'd watch in the morning when I'd get ready for work and CNN, International News right. or whatever. And the top stories of the day were always some bullshit Donald Trump said. <laughs> right. It makes world news. I have a video or audio here somewhere um, that a guy explains the three things that Donald Trump says. Like, that he, he, the way he sets up every single... Um, what do you want to call it? Like a uh, speech, right? So Believe every time, me. So every time he does a speech, he does three distinct things. Wherever he goes and whoever he's speaking to, Donald Trump does. This is uh, the WGBH News. I don't know what it is from Greater Boston. I don't know who this guy is, but he makes some really cool observations. And. As the video opens up, Trump walks out, and he looks like a fucking Oompa Loompa. What is with the orange face, the orange skin, and his tiny hands? I think the orange skin that comes from, uh, like, The fake tanner, tanning cream? Right? Yeah, the spray-on tans. The same three things. First, he talks up his own greatness. Packed houses all over, no matter where we go. I have millions and millions of followers. Obviously, I should have been picked as the person of the year, right? Next, Trump mocks the losers who've dared to take him on. Bush, what is Bush doing? <laughs> the guy has spent... Think of it. The guy spent $69 million. Carl Rove, George Will, take away his little glasses. And then Trump tells the crowd that when he's in charge, America will go from being a loser to a winner, just like him. And then they attacked me and they all went down. Wouldn't it be nice if we had that with our country where somebody does something bad to us and they go down? And we're not going to be laughed at for being stupid. And that is Trumpism, a simple cocktail of ego, anger, and hope. The surprises come on the margins when Trump slots a new person or phrase into his formula. Today, that meant jabs at Bill Clinton. Bill joined Hillary. So far, it's not working out so well. Ted Cruz. Is he a natural-born citizen? And Bernie Sanders. But I want to run against Bernie. 
That's my dream. That's my dream. All that said, there was one big surprise today in Wyndham. We've been told that we can't leave the media holding pen until Trump is done speaking with voters out there. Uh, it's not entirely clear why that decision's been made. Apparently, it's come down from the Trump campaign. Presumably, by the time you see this, I will have been released, along with everybody else, and we'll be back in Boston. Adam Riley, WGBH News. Adam Riley, so that's the guy. Um, so we've talked about this before, the sandwich, right, Scott? Yeah, yeah. He's sandwich. doing the sandwich. He says something positive about himself. Then he says some a bunch of negative shit about everyone else. Uh, and then he says, again, about himself, how he's going to make the country great again. Well, technically, that's not the sandwich. The sandwich is when I'm telling you something, right? Yeah. And it's bad news. So I tell you something nice about yourself. Then I tell you the bad news. Yeah. Then I tell you something nice about yourself. Well, that's kind of what it's a reverse sandwich. He's putting putting (laughs) the the meat on the outside, the bread's (laughs) on the inside. He's confused. He's Trump. He can't help it. He's corn-fused, Scott. Well, it's certainly uh, what he's saying is capturing a lot of... China! Oh, shit. <laughs> capturing a lot of people's imaginations or whatever. Oh, that's I mean, for they're, sure. They're getting, they're getting behind him. And, and uh, it, I, I go on Reddit a lot, and there are, are Sanders posts, and there are Clinton posts, and there are Trump posts. And probably more often than not, I don't even read the story. I read the headline, and then I read the comments. Yeah, the, the uh, comments are the best. The comments, so I, I can I don't have to read. Get the article. a feeling for the uh, what? What do the people say? How are they say? responding are, to this? Yeah, the reaction. And when I read Bernie stuff, I can understand. There's a like a a theme, and I can understand what's going on. And people bring up points, and they make counterpoints. Same thing with Clinton. When I read fucking Trump shit from from the readers that that comment on Trump stuff or the redditors. I can never tell what they're fucking talking about. It's like talking to TP, right? Yeah, I don't know what's going on. do you know what socialism is, TP? Hey, 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 hey. Well, they all use... Why don't you tell me what socialism is, huh? Well, no, first he attacked me saying, do you want socialism? Do you want to live in socialism? I'm like, well, what do you think it is? What do you think it is? (laughs) (laughs) That's all the answer. What? (laughs) What? What difference does it matter what I think it is? You're the one that's upset about it. You tell me what you think it is. Yeah. Well, he's certainly... um, And the other theme that I get from Trump followers or people who are intrigued by Trump is he's going to make... Or he's going to... Oh, here it is. Make America great again. Yeah. Let me ask you this, John. And and I asked these these Trump supporters, when was America great? When was it great? So uh, that when we saw each other at, to to make it again, great again, right? Yeah, let's make it great, uh, America great again. Like so, at some t- point in the past, it was great. So uh, the person who disinvited me from the Hawks games—that's one of the first questions I asked him. So when, when was America great? When do you want to go back to? And the the question was answered, but it, it really wasn't. Like he started talking, and he said. <laughs> He just started complaining about Bill Clinton and about yeah. this and that and the other thing. And I'm like, well, when was okay. America great that you want to go back to? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a great question, and actually. They, they couldn't, he, well, he... And, couldn't and articulate it at all. They can't articulate when, like when, when like what year? blacks didn't have civil rights. Was that, <laughs> do we want to go back then? Do yeah, we, when 20, do we wanna... 20% of the, the <laughs> followers of Trump don't 
they're pissed that the that the slaves were uh, the abolition of slaves happened. Are are we okay with blacks having their rights? But it's the homos that we don't want to have rights. Was that when the country was great? It was great. When was the then. country great? And I can't get an answer during Eisenhower. Oh yeah, he's a great president. Well, taxes were seventy percent, ninety percent. So you you're okay with the mar- yeah? I argue with this guy on uh, on text. I might even have some some of them, and he doesn't. Uh, his responses are hilarious. I, I put the, I send him memes and shit, and his answers are like. Uh, Uh, yes, yes, John. His answer. I is- said your constituency, and and it was uh, Trump supporters support murder. So it was that guy that punched this dude in the face, and then he said he he he'd kill him next time. Remember that guy? Yeah, yeah. And the response from this friend of mine: Have some faith. <laughs> That's all he had. And then when I said, faith in what? I give you a shitload of examples of really, really smart people that think Trump is uh, super bad for the country. I mean, bad shit. The stuff that brings out the crazies, and you are in complete denial. Quick question. Do you believe in the tooth fairy? Just curious. Just curious. Curious. So then he writes back, faith that he is a patriot. And we'll have smart people working for him. Tooth Who, Trump? Yeah. So this guy writes, Tooth Fairy? Who doesn't? Does she have free implants? I need four. Well, again, uh, if we look at Trump's past, every oh, he's a, a successful businessman. His father gave him, what, 250 grand or 250 million? I can't remember. And he made a fortune. He lost fortunes. I, he's been bankrupt how many times? Uh, he Four. reinvents himself. He comes back. He's Teflon man. It's, yeah. It's, it's not only that. It's like, uh, not only was he bankrupt, but I, didn't, but I mean, he's being sued by, for the, uh, Trump university. So he came up with this Trump university trying to convince people, I can show you how to sell properties. And they, lo- people lost, invested like 35 grand into these, this, these classes and they never got any leads or anything on buying properties like they were promised. So right now his son is fielding all the, um, he, he's the one going to court for all this stuff. And it's still, it's it, it's all still in court right now. I, and it cracks me up that the media just eats this guy up. Even the guy from CBS News, the president of CBS, came out and said, uh, he said Trump may not be good for America, but it's goddamn good for CBS. Sorry, it's a terrible thing to say, but bring it on, Donald. Keep going. He's the CEO of CBS News. So this guy, yeah, he, he's the media basically created this demagogue of a douchebag, Donald Trump. And... The media is also whitewashing Bernie Sanders. There's all these memes out there about how they're saying Bernie is not, he's only for white people. And there's all these blacks now. (laughs) There's like all these Twitter and tweets and whatever, Twitters, tweets. Is that what you say? Tweets? 
tweets. Yeah, you don't say twats. <laughs> no twats. That are tweeting about uh, Bernie Sanders. Uh, white, saying that he was whitewashed. Uh, he's whitewashing. Um, or the media is whitewashing Bernie Sanders. So, so these black people are out there twi- doing these tweets. Um, and whitewashing is basically saying that he's not supportive of the black community. He's only for the for the white community. Um, and so they've been hashtagging Bernie made me white. And uh, some of these are pretty funny. Like this one dude said, uh, I knew it. I knew if Bernie won Hawaii, it would magically become a white state. Uh, ever since I voted for Bernie, I've been binge watching Friends. Uh, another person said, I suddenly have a strong craving for unseasoned chicken. And then a black girl with, um, uh, do we say African-American or black girl? I don't know. What do you say? I say black girl. Okay. Well, she's kind of tannish. She's not really black. African-American. She has kind of like, uh, dread hair. She says, will someone please show me how to do my hair? It's all so confusing since Bernie made me white. <laughs> well, uh, it should be very interesting. Oh, here's one. Who knew Cadbury eggs were this delicious? Bernie made me white. <laughs> what is, I don't know what that means. Who knows what it means? Well, th- this is these are black people that support Bernie Sanders. I understand. And, and they... Um, they're just pissed off because the media is portraying him as this whites only candidate. I mean, they, they fuck this guy over so much. It's unbelievable. I mean, CNN, they call it the Clinton news network. So, cause they're so easy on, on Hillary Clinton and she is pretty well-spoken. I did see uh town hall and, and she was fielding a bunch of questions about, um, the Iraq war, but she's had a lot of time to come up with her bullshit story, well, she's right? She's the secretary of state. Well, yeah, but she, she's, she's run once already for president and she's already had these questions. And she was the first lady for eight years while her husband was president. Yeah. So, so she's, she's got some experience answering this question. Uh, and hers was like, yeah, I voted for the Iraq war and here's why. Uh, the intelligence that came in, and we were told, and this and that, and you know, she was given the same sob story that all the rest of them who voted for the Iraq War that it was only as good as the intelligence that they were receiving, and they they believed the intelligence and uh, the W. Um, I guess there was some sort of deal where if she supported the Iraq War, she would get a like $9 billion or something for New York because she became senator of New York. And Bernie Sanders, when they ask him that question, he says, well, no, I didn't vote for it. And that's it. Well, why not? Because I thought it was all bullshit. I didn't believe in any of it. They didn't have weapons of mass destruction. They didn't allow, uh, you know, they, they didn't, we had people out there, Hans Blix or whatever, that went out there and they said, no, they don't have it. They can't reconstitute anything. They're kicking us out, but I could tell you they don't have the ability. They did maybe at one time, but they don't anymore. 
And that story wasn't good enough. Well, for Bernie, it was. He's like, well, there's not enough inform- There's not enough information. I'm not going to vote and say, yeah, it's okay to go to war and send people out there to get killed and, and kill innocent people. And And then you got Paul Bremer, who they send out there, and he ends up fucking everything up and firing the all the leaders of the Bath Party. So here's guys who had regular jobs and... Now they don't have jobs anymore, even though they were working for Saddam. They had some sort of a job. They were, they're very trained, uh, highly trained um, military personnel. So they could have been paid decent money to still support their families and and uh, help take Iraq to you know the democratic state that everybody we were told that it was going to be. Instead, they like kicked them all out, fired them all. So they ended up. Creating ISIS. <laughs> They're the ones that did it. They're pissed. Right. So they want the Americans out. So now they've, they're radicalizing anybody who... They, they'll take Trump, all the shit that he says, and they'll put on a video. Look what Trump's saying. He wants to bomb our families, bomb our, uh, you know, our, our children and everything. I mean, he's, he's saying it in these videos. What the fuck is that noise, dude? And what is that? I think it's my email. It's my spam. Spam. So then they just play these videos over and over again, and it gets people all riled up. And yeah, I'll go over. I'll go somewhere and blow myself up. Uh, what do you think of the whole iPhone unlocking? Uh, I just found out that they unlocked it today. Right? Did they? Yeah, so Who uh, did? just to digress, who was it? The FBI went to Apple and said, yeah. you need to write a backdoor. And Apple's like, fuck off, we're not doing that. And they were going to try to make them do this. I don't know how you could do that to a private company. Yeah, How you could demand that they uh, take budget and in, in their intellectual property and have people write a backdoor. For the FBI. Yeah. Oh, no, they Apple didn't do it. No, they didn't. They said no, but I don't even know how they, they, they were trying to pressure yeah. Apple into doing it. And it was a phone of, uh, was it one of these guys who did the... San, the San, the Bernard, San Bernardino shooting. <clears throat> yeah, so they had his phone, but they couldn't get into it. But Syed then Apple said, Rizwan fuck off. Farouk. And so a company, another company stepped up, I think from Israel, and said, we can hack into it. And I think they just did that today. Which is fine. Yeah. But what is really interesting is, what are they going to find? Who knows? But they asked uh, on CNN or MSNBC, I don't remember, they asked uh, Sar- uh, Sar- General uh, Clark, Wesley Clark, what do you think about that? And he said, well... Yeah, so we need some more security. We need this and that. But if you guys got to understand something, okay, let's say we crack into, we get all this surveillance ability. Everybody signs off and says, okay, you can listen in. You could watch Facebook. You can, and, and we're, and they talk about the chatter, the chatter that they're hearing, right? He said, there's billions and billions of text messages. Uh, social media, all this stuff going back and forth. It is nearly impossible 
to figure out who's saying what. And what if they're just saying, uh, hey, is mom home yet? Yeah, mom's home. And that means that's the that's the secret code to go to a theater and blow it up or something. Right. Um, so there's there's no way. I mean, they're, they're the best way to do it, and, and he didn't really have a solution. He kind of he beat around the bush a little bit. But the one that that came out was this uh, recent one. Was it in, after Brussels? Uh, maybe it was in Paris. They just arrested the rest of this group. Um, and uh, they uh, they used actual police. Um, uh, it, oh, it says here tensions are up in Brussels and and police in four countries make arrests. So they're actually using police work and they need to share. Somebody had said we need to like globally share. Maybe it was President Obama. We need to start globally sharing intelligence. You know, so if we we see a group of guys and they're known for their radicalism, maybe we need to keep an eye on them. And when they do cross, because, you know, over over there they have uh, Interpol, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, you could, like, you put your passport in and, and it brings up all kinds of information on you, um, like you and I, nothing, right? Because we're, we're nobody. But somebody like that that's bouncing around between Syria and, and another country and another country and have been known to post stuff on jihadist websites or something like that, then they might, it might be a good idea to watch those people. But to, to, to really listen to every single iPhone, to have the ability to get this backdoor so that anybody in anybody's hands, like Steve Wozniak had said, if this information gets out to bad people, they can control the camera, the microphone. They could turn it on from anywhere remotely. Um, they could use your phone as a detonating device by remotely accessing it. And they're not going to. It's not as simple as just giving it to the FBI. Who who knows where it's going to go from there? We've seen uh, Falcon and the Snowman, right? Right. That shit happens. Well, a couple things I don't understand is how, like, the Obama administration was going to take. Apple to court to make them do this. How the fuck can you make a private company do anything? I, I don't get that at all. Under what jurisdiction, under what precedent would Obama's administration be able to take Apple to court and make them do this? Yeah. So I, 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 Apple, I'm like, fuck you, fuck off. But here's the question, John. So this other company or whoever fig- helped the FBI figure out how to well, do this. Well, could you, if, you know, I mean, there are, there are, I, I agree with subpoenas, okay? Because when I was on the grand jury for for like, for like five weeks, okay. So let's say um, a company is being accused of, and they have some evidence that they're. What the hell is that? Mm-hmm. Is that my computer? I don't know, dude. Are we God recording? Damn it! Yeah, yeah, we're recording. Um, they're accused of like uh, human sex trafficking or slave labor or something like that right in the u.s well you can subpoena like their phone records and um you can make that company turn over their emails i understand with a subpoena i get it 
but this is requiring them to put a team together uh and then to oh and create a backdoor and create a backdoor out of their proprietary right cuz this Fuck isn't that. this isn't happening within their company it's it's somebody using their device right. for wrongdoing and they're trying to physically force apple to change or hand over their yeah, I get. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It's that like going to a gun manufacturer and saying, "Hey, go ahead, sell your guns to whoever you want, but if we figure out that they have a criminal record, we're going to turn the gun off. So m- make the technology to turn the gun off, so they can't use it." That's a bad analogy. But it's the same thing. A great analogy. The, the gunmaker wouldn't I would want like that. <laughs> the gunmaker right. wouldn't want to invest. Why would I'm not going to invest in that? Nobody's going to buy my fucking product anymore. And if Apple did create this, then the, the trust level in Apple and the encryption uh, goes down, and I'm going to switch to Samsung or whoever the fuck else doesn't have to create these backdoors. And it, it's just ridiculous to me that the government would make a company, put a team together, and come up with uh, intellectual property to break into their intellectual property and then give it to the FBI. All right, so this other company did break in, Right. Yeah. So here's what I want to know. Is the FBI going to share that information with state and local police? Yeah. I mean, is any good? I don't have an iPhone, so I don't care. But uh, just from the principle of the thing, are they going to be able to now break into anybody's phone? Like if they pull you over, they'll just grab your phone and and break into it? Yeah. And the real question is, did they find anything useful on this fucking phone? Probably not. No, I wouldn't think so. Actually, Scott, there are uh, talks about like smart guns where your fingerprint will activate it. James Bond had one of those. Yeah. And then the other guy picked it up and he tried to shoot him. Yeah. And he said, good luck with that. And then he got the other guy got eaten by an iguana. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember that? Yeah. It was great. It's a great movie. Which one is it? Man with the Golden Gun? Skyfall, Skyfall. Dude. Skyfall. Skyfall. Gun. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was like in that pit. It was, yeah, it was like at a Japanese restaurant or bar or a casino. Casino, casino yeah. 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 Shit, yeah. That would be cool, though. Smart guns. Get all the guns are personalized, so they, they're registered to the user. Fingerprint. And they they're rendered useless when they they can't be sold when they're sold. Uh, so when they try to sell them, like on their front porch, they can't because they got to register them to a new user. That person has to go through the process. Why doesn't it? What's wrong with slowing it down? I don't have a problem with that. That's interfering with my rights, John. <laughs> don't interfere with my rights. Oh, bullshit! It's not interfering to with buy your a rights. gun off some guy on a front porch. And arm myself. Where does it say that you have the right to buy a gun <laughs> off of some guy's I porch? have the right to bear arms, John. Yeah, you do, but there are rules behind the bearing of the arms. Just like there's the consequences for free speech, which people always... That's the thing. This whole thing about uh, uh, Trump was was in Chicago, and he was speaking, and it got... Uh, he was going to speak, but... Uh, which I don't think he was going to anyway. Some people had said that he purposely, in his group, 
purposely set it up at DePaul. Was it DePaul? Somewhere in DePaul, around DePaul in that neighborhood, which is a pretty diverse neighborhood. And people, it's worn. They're they're just gonna they're gonna protest this whole thing. They bought tickets. Like half the group bought tickets to go to this thing to just protest it. And he got all upset, and even his son made comments about free speech and their free freedom of speech was stomped out by the protesters. And the protesters came to protest peacefully and just shout them down. And it's really freedom of the press, not freedom of speech, right? It's freedom of the press means that you're not you can say whatever you want about government and they can't do shit about it. Right? Right. That's what it means. The government can't come in and shut you down for yapping. It doesn't mean you can't shout down some big orange baby with little tiny hands who's going to run home and cry and say that my freedom of speech has been infringed because somebody else used speech against me. And where did he get to say that his freedom of speech was infringed? On TV. Yeah. yeah. So if his freedom of speech was really infringed... And Twitter. He wouldn't be able to say right. his freedom of speech was infringed. He doesn't understand what freedom of right. speech means. Because he's stupid. He's so dumb. But you got to give him props for some of this stuff. Because he's managed to figure out a way to get a lot of... Stupid people, and even like I've been talking to like younger people that think he's the shit, man. Uh, but they seem like they're just troublemakers anyway. Because when you ask them, they have no idea what they're talking about. What about his foreign policy? What What has he got going on that? Oh, hey man, he's just gonna he's just gonna tell people the way it is. He's a great negotiator. That's what makes him so good. He's a good businessman. <laughs> he is. Well, what did he do that was good? Let's see. His Trump vodka went nowhere. Trump University is being sued by a lot of people. He's gone bankrupt like four times, and he let people hold the bag. He bitches about shit being made in China and Mexico, yet his clothing line that was sold in Macy's was made in both countries. What the fuck does he... And, and now Macy's doesn't sell any They dumped him. NBC dumped him as apprentice. You're done. You're fired. They fired him. Well, when I was in Europe, the, they did a like a 20-minute segment. CNN did a 20-minute segment on what it would actually take to build the wall. This is one of the first things Trump said, that he was going to yeah. build a wall. So to, I don't know if it's to keep the Mexicans out. Oh, John Oliver does a great piece on that. The wall, they, they figured out, they went through the whole thing about the engineering and the materials to use and the most cost-effective, and, and I think we've talked about this before, but just to build the goddamn thing, it's going to take four years, and it's going to be $10 billion just to build it, and he's going to make the Mexicans pay for that. Yeah. Um, so if you, well, again, I go back to if you believe in fucking talking snakes and a virgin birth of uh, Jesus, then... You'll believe anything, right? Right. I mean, you'll believe that Trump's going to build a $10 billion wall and make the Mexicans pay for it. And then to light it into what you were talking about, to maintain it, light it, and guard it, uh, who's going to pay for that? 
Uh, but the, I guess the response would be, well, he's going to create jobs, right? Right. He's creating jobs. Somebody's going to have to build that wall, uh, uh, light it, and then guard it. Well, it's just it's ridiculous to me. They're talking like one of the, the biggest problems with building the wall. Okay, so John Oliver put together this great, it's like 18 minutes, so I'm not going to play it, but you could check it out. It's his show last week tonight about the border wall, and he talks about how, so Bush put up a fence. He did about 700 miles of this fence, and he had to, uh, they, they used imminent domain, and they threw people off of their own fucking private property. So they ran this fence through their private property, and they told them, hey, we're taking over, the government took over their land to put this fence in. Then there's a treaty that you can't put a fence along the Rio Grande. You can't put it against the the water. You have to put it inland. So it goes further into, like, New Mexico, Texas, and all that. Then they put the fence around a golf course. So the golf course used to be in the U.S., and it still is in the U.S., but it's on the other side of the fence, it's on the fence side. The golf course is on the Mexican border side, but it's still in the U.S. So if you're, you know, if you're Mexican and you want to escape to the U.S. to play a couple of rounds of golf, you don't have to go through the fence. You just go on the greens and hit a couple balls and go back, whatever you want to do. And then the other crazy thing was in order to build this wall, they were talking about going down five feet into the ground and the wall would have to be like 12 feet thick and he couldn't decide what high it was going to be and he keeps saying you know he's he 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 believe me i can build a great wall i'm great at building walls which he's never built in his life he's never built anything he's a developer he just puts the money up or finds somebody to pay for it he's pretty good at that maybe he can get the mexicans to pay for it (laughs) <laughs> if he could, that would be the greatest sales job <laughs> but they in the said, world. Let's say it's 30 feet high. Well, there's going to be a huge market on 31-foot ladders as soon as they make the, the, the thing 30 feet high. And then he made this, he made this speech, and he solved the, the problem of somebody, you know, he said, this wall is going to be so high. Hey, they might be able to get up on a ladder, but how are they going to get down, huh? And the crowd went wild, and he goes, well, maybe use a rope or something. I don't know. <laughs> he solved his own ridiculous problem of how they would get down. Oh, just with a rope, a cheap old rope, they'll get down on the other side. Then the other par- uh, part about this this whole wall thing was, um, uh, well, yeah, of course, where they have to put the wall and where they have to bring the material to. So, yeah. Just on the on the face of it, it's about ten mil ten billion dollars. But that's not including transportation because there's parts that are in this remote area of desert because it's got to be like a thousand miles. It's anywhere from a thousand to nineteen hundred miles, I think they said. So it's almost it's longer and and bigger and farther than the Great Wall of China, right? China, China, man, yeah. So when they added in transportation and the remote area and is it cast in place, 
versus they'd have to make the pieces of the wall and then transport it there because cast in places they have a certain kind of environment for you to pour it. Um, it could be $50, 50 billion before it's all done. There's no way it'll be $10 billion. It's just re- goddamn ridiculous, Scott. Well, you know, and even ridiculous ideas, it gets the debate started and you learn stuff. So that's kind of the silver lining. We learn that yeah. it's going to be at least $40 billion. But um, it goes back to the, the people who uh, are supporters of Trump. They just seem to be, they take whatever he says and they, they believe it. And there's no skeptic, skepticism or critical thinking going on. Right. Um, but it, but it, it like if Trump ends up winning this election, it, I don't blame Trump at all. It's the it's the education system and it's the news media, the media. and it's the people. The media has given him three times the airtime as Bernie Sanders, twice the airtime I think of Ted Cruz and Hillary, and way more than John Kasich, who is the only one that seems like he knows what he's talking about. You know that Truthometer scorecard, the Star Tribune put it out? Mm -hmm. Trump, true, 3% of the time. Wow. Mostly true, 6%, half-truth, 14. Check this out. Pants on fire, 19%. False, 42%. Mostly false, 17%. So from mostly false to just complete out fucking lying, he's 17, uh, 40, 40, 50, 9, 60, 9, 78% of the time, he's a liar. Now you compare, and, and, and uh, what's his name? Ted Cruz is pretty close, second, with uh, f- 48, 56% of the time he's lying. John Kasich, 50, 67% of the time he is half truth to true. Now you compare that to, to Bernie and Hillary, which I found pretty amazing. Hillary Clinton is between half truth and true about 70%. And the same for Bernie Sanders. Now, mostly true, he's 36%, whereas Hillary, mostly true, is 27%. He's 15% true. She's 24% true. Well, and then it gets, it's two things. It's a combination of how truthful they are and if they can stick to talking about the policies, right? And that gets lost in all this, is what are the policies? Well, so far, Bernie has been sticking to... So his message came out first. He talked nothing but about the issues, what he's going to do, how he's going to do it. His plans are all laid out on his website. He explains all the ta- how he's going to tax people, who he's going to tax, how he's going to pay for stuff with taxes. They've had think tanks going over it. Uh, they're still arguing and debating about it, whether it'll work, it won't work. But Trump has nothing on his fucking website. Kasich has some stuff. Ted Cruz has some stuff. Hillary has some shit, too. 
but nothing compares to Bernie Sanders. He has the most thought put into his plan uh, as far as all the candidates combined. He has the most thought put into it, and he's been talking about the issues. Now he's starting to go a little dirty. He's starting to attack Hillary a little bit uh, because now he's he's put out his message. I've I've said everything I need to say. You don't even need to ask me any more questions. You can go to my website. It's all there. You can blog about it. You can find blogs on it. You can find economists and scientists that are trying to figure out the mathematical models and all this stuff. It's all out there. I don't need to talk about it anymore. While Hillary's still dancing about emails and why she voted on the Iraq war and all this shit and why she's such a bitch... And Donald Trump gets off scot-free. I mean, I'm watching Chuck Turd on, uh, what is it, MSNBC, no, on NBC every Sunday. And he softball, he softballs the shit out of Trump. Like, he did hit him with some follow-up questions, but he lets him get away with shit. And then they asked Bernie Sanders about something, and then the question after asking Bernie Sanders was, well, if Hillary becomes the nominee, will you support her? It's like, why Why do they got to... Who fucking cares? They've been saying that about Cruz and Kasich. They want to know if they would support Trump if he became the nominee. Well, the one thing I love that Bernie Sanders said, uh, there's this big debate, this big uh, controversy. So uh, Scalia, is that his name? Yeah. He passed away. So Obama put his nomination forward, and the Republicans are like, fuck that. We're not going to nominate anybody that he puts forward until the next president gets in office, which is a bunch of bullshit. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, Milton something, or I can't remember. This. Mitch McConnell? No, 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 the, uh, the judge that oh. Obama nominated. Oh, yeah. Anyway, they asked Bernie Sanders about it, and he says, hey, I have a litmus test for my, my uh, Supreme Court justices, and this guy doesn't pass it. Here's my litmus test. Are you going to overturn the ruling that said corporations can donate unlimited amounts anonymously to politicians. Are you going to overturn that ruling? Which we talked about on the show, John. I don't know, it was like four years ago, three or four years ago. We said that's a downfall of democracy, that fucking uh, decision. And uh, Bernie said this guy doesn't meet that criteria because he would not overturn that that, uh, ruling. Was it Citizens United? Yeah, I think that's what it's called, yeah. Uh, and that's something that you and I have talked about. And when that ruling came out, I think it was when Roberts just took uh, leadership of the Supreme Court, and they decided that uh, I don't know how this how this thing kind of bubbled up the Supreme Court. But corporations are people. I don't know if you know that or not, John. And they yeah. can also donate unlimited amounts of money anonymously to political campaigns. And so basically, uh, we turn into what is the term, John? Oligarchy. 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 Uh, So it's, and we already get that impression. I mean, we can name a billion examples of these politicians not representing the people in their district, but representing their corporate interests, who they got money from for a political campaign. And when Hillary Clinton gives a goddamn $250,000 speech for, what, an hour at Goldman Sachs, uh, you know that they're going to expect something from her. Right. That's the one thing I like about Trump is he's not taking any money from anybody. 
He's self-funding it. <laughs> no, he's not. That's what I've heard. No. He's borrowing the money, and he's using the campaign to pay it back. Where's he's he getting a, money from the campaign? He's only donated like $250,000 out of his own pocket. Well, where's the money coming from? The money <clears throat> comes from banks. He borrows it. Oh, no, no. But who's paying the money back? Like you said, he's getting money from the campaign. Where's that money coming from? Oh, it's coming from donors. Donors, like Bernie. Donors, right? Like me and you. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. But he's not funding it himself. Well, he's not taking money from from corporations. Super PACs or whatever the fuck they call them. Well, we don't know for sure. Well, we don't know for sure. That's just what he's saying. And so, if he lies... Here's what it says. 90% of the time... Uh, Donald Trump funded his campaign over the past three months with over with the help of $10.8 million in loans the billionaire made to his campaign. So he, he's funding it as a loan, but he expects it to be paid back from his campaign, from campaign don- donations. The real estate tycoon donated 100000 to his campaign, also raised $2.6 million from supporters. Trump's campaign said the previous quarter that it raised three point eight million and two hundred twenty five thousand cash on hand spending. Uh, he often boasts that he is self funding his campaign, but technically he isn't. He's just loaning the money Ice. to be paid back, probably with interest. What does yeah. it say here? Well, I'm I'm happy. I, Ted Cruz is out, right? He's out. I don't know because he's even loonier than Trump. Oh, he's he's totally, in my opinion, fucking loony. And then the the National Enquirer comes out with a story where he's banging like five women. Yeah, and then you don't hear anything about that. No, on the national media. Well, that would be a pretty big story, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't you want to verify <laughs> yeah. that or try to check into that? Well, I, would. I don't think they have any information. They don't have enough information to validate it. Well, when you start doing your homework, like, like, who is this person? Let's go after them. Let's uh, talk to them. I don't think anybody cares because they think he's too creepy and we're worried. It's that's really what not I true. care about. What what five women <laughs> would sleep with this guy? Right. He's so goddamn creepy. So yeah, he didn't borrow the money from. Well, I don't know if he borrowed the money from banks or not. He could have. But it's whatever it is. He's loaning the money to his own campaign. Yeah, so it sounds like back to himself. He's loaning his own money, and then the campaign will pay him back with interest. So it says. I mean, he could be borrowing that money from a bank at zero percent interest. Yeah, yeah, it is. (laughs) He's going to make America great again. He's gonna. Because when was it great before? What? (laughs) When we used to be able to hose black people. Well, you know what? So we had this voicemail from this guy. Um, since we were talking about Scalia, he made a mention in this voicemail about Scalia on this voicemail is from two thirteen Scott, a day before Valentine's Day. You want to hear the day I left for, uh, could be Europe. Yeah. We had a gig. Uh, I had a gig. We had a gig. Did we have a gig? We had a gig. Did you have a gig with modern elixir? Yeah. We had a gig. Remember yeah. Rick's voice was... Yeah, uh, yeah. 
Right. Shit. We had the gig we had before, the and then so here's what happened. Okay, I remember all the shit that went down. So Rick was sick. We played the gig, and then the following week, I got sick, and I played a gig sick as a fucking dog with your other band, with my other band, and then. Three days later, I ended up with a kidney stone, and then about a week after that, while I'm in, and then I left and went to Arizona, and I had a kidney stone in Arizona. And that one came out in like two days. It wasn't too bad. And I sent you pictures, and you seemed very upset. You don't I like don't know my why pictures. you share that. With, I really don't need to see your kidney stones. You could just text me and say, hey, I passed another kidney stone. And, and I'll, be, I'll be sympathetic. You know, and then, But then when I see the picture, I'm like, why don't, why don't I need to see that? Why, why does it bother you? I don't know. It seems private. came out your urethra. And my penis? Yeah. Are you going to show me your, your loads uh, next time? <laughs> hey, dude, I shot a load. Look at this. It's yeah. really chunky. <laughs> Check it out. Check it out. Do you think there's something wrong with it? Here's a Walgreens uh, uh, <laughs> it looks like... pharmacy pill to, for size. <laughs> <laughs> so I had the two kidney stones, and then you went out of town. And then uh, we've only like missed then two weeks at, since then, right? Right. That's really all. Because of scheduling. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm, it looks like I'm going to have to go back to Europe maybe three more times. But the first time, really? it won't be until June. Yeah. Well, are we still playing the gig? Oh, yeah, the yeah. I'll, I'll definitely tell them it can't be that date. You got you to gotta change. Okay. You got to change the... Uh, got to change. The schedule. Change the schedule. Uh, we what the hell? We we don't we should have tunes playing here, shouldn't we? Yeah, we have no backing track. What the hell's going on? They changed my interface. Fucks up with that. What is up with that? What do we have? What do you want to hear? You want to hear some metal? Got some metal? Yeah, yeah. Some metal, my kind of metal. All right, so we do have a phone call, a Skype call, a message. You want me to play it? Yeah, yeah. Right after I turn on the music. Here we go. Oh, here we go. I'll play this. Hi, John. I'm Hi, Scott. My name is Matthias. I'm calling from Sweden. I just heard the news that uh, Justice Antonin Stalia is dead. And I'm kind of curious about your thinking about that. Uh, that's going to be kind of up in the ante for the election uh, right now in 2016, isn't it? So I'm from Sweden. And I've been listening to you since, like, what is it, 2007, 2008, Whoa. something like that. I bought a house and, and uh, renovated that with you guys in my ears while I was... Uh, just punching the nails in the walls and stuff like that. He's tough, punching nails. And since then, I've been an ardent fan of yours. <laughs> just a great podcast. Uh, I really don't know why I'm calling. I'm just calling to 
let you know that I appreciate you and uh, I'd like to to hear your uh, thought about the Scalia or Scalia death and uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is probably dead already since like 10 years but she or anyone just doesn't know yet uh, but she's uh, kind of tough in some way but Anyways, uh, I'm a little bit drunk right now. I've been on CNN with friends here and um, watching CNN here. Uh, my time right now is 2.30 a.m. So and I, I've got a glass of Bailey's poured up just uh, beside me here. Bailey's is, um, well, maybe not the most macho of drinks, but what the fuck, it's kind of good. Uh, what the hell? I hope you have a nice night. Have had a nice night, and I'm looking forward forward to your next podcast. Love you guys, and uh, peace. Be great. Bye bye. That's out of sight. Matthias right from Sweden. Thanks for the call. I we wonder have- if he knows Barb. No, she's from Switzerland. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? They'll be at war. Um, yeah. Hey, I drink Bailey's at work in the morning. (laughs) Um, yeah, that's, I read an, I read a quote somewhere and I think it was about Justice Scalia and it wasn't, the quote was like from another somebody else famous back in the day that said, um, I don't wish death on anyone or would ever kill anyone, but I really, I smile reading their obituary or something like that. Uh, Because I thought that guy was a complete fucking asshole. Yeah, I can't remember any specific uh, decisions he made, but um, I don't think he was well-spoken, and I don't, like, I I remember him dissing homosexuals and, and homosexuals having civil rights. Yeah. Uh, and he was one of the big supporters of this um, Citizens United right. bullshit. Right. Um, and and I, I just don't think he was well thought out. I don't know who appointed him. That would be interesting to know. Um, but he was uh, a conservative. Well, uh, Ronald, Ronald Reagan appointed yeah. him in 1986. Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I never... Uh, I, I can't cite any specific examples. Remember but... when Reagan came to our school? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And Cesar Romero. And everybody's Joker, Joker. Remember that? I remember that, yeah. You don't remember that. I, how could I forget? I was... Uh, when you forgot about me. I was rehearsing. Uh, <laughs> so I was in drama class at the time. <laughs> you were a drama geek? I always took drama class. Easy class. Um, and the assignment was he had to write a uh, play with two other people. And then the the teacher, Mr. Mills, who taught Harrison Ford at Maine East, John. No, He really? selected the best play. So Sherry Smith's play was selected. And I don't know if you know this, but Sherry Smith was, was very hot. Smoking hot. Uh, she probably still is. High school. Very, very hot. And um, is it amazing how some people just hold up so well? So she picked Mike and me. Mike was also the mascot, the Main West mascot. 
And we were rehearsing the warrior. in L101. Where's the He was headdress. the warrior. That's yeah. right. And we were rehearsing in L101, John. You remember my, the little theater? Yeah, my kids still go to that school. My son does. And they, the warrior they picked this year is a junior. I think Mike was a junior at was the time. He? Yeah. They're all pissed off that they Why? picked a junior. I don't know. The whole... The whole uh, the faculty picks the warrior, I believe, based on his spirit. Um, well, Mike had a lot of spirit. He had a lot of spirit, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> that's how they. Anyway, go go ahead. Well, you we were rehearsing. I remember so, the L one hundred one. It's still there. Her play was about um, she was with her new boyfriend on a park bench, and her old boyfriend walks by, and there's this dialogue exchange. That was her play. I can't remember too many other details, but I was the. I think I was the new boyfriend. Yeah. So I'm sitting on the park bench with her, and they called Mike down t- uh, because he had to get fitted for his warrior thing because Reagan was coming. Oh, yeah. So Mike left, and it's just Sherry and I in L101. Oh, and nice. we're we're walking through the script. You're not walking through. We're reading through the script. Yeah, we're both read sitting through. on the bench. Read through. Table and read. That's a she table read. Crossed her leg and she started rubbing the back of my calf with her foot. Oh! And I'm looking all over the script for <laughs> rubs, rubs leg. foot against back of calf, <laughs> and I couldn't find it. <laughs> yeah, you were dumbfounded. Ah, uh, regrets, John. Regrets. You remember a chick named Haley Ford? Yes. She was. Uh, She's kind of a hard ass, right? Yeah. Well, we were in that L101. It's like a theater. Yeah. It's like a, what, a 50, 70 person theater? Yeah, it's small. Small. And we were watching something like a, I think, I think that's where we used to go to see the, the car wreck death scenes, you know, for driver's class. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we're watching that movie, and we're, like, in the front row, and she keeps putting her hand on my leg. And I'm like, hey, what's up here? She goes, trust me, trust me. And she keeps running up my leg to grab my crotch. By your nuts? Yeah. I'm like, hey. And she's not very attractive. She wasn't very attractive back then. Um, so I don't know where the fuck she got off doing that, but she scared me. I was almost raped. Yeah. In, in the L101. She kept putting her hand on my... Even after you said stop. I said stop, and she kept doing it. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Sliding it up my leg. Grazing my area. Wow. Yeah, that was very inappropriate. I was very embarrassed. Two very similar experiences, but <laughs> totally different reactions. Yeah, you had the smoking hot chick. I had yeah. the redhead chick that fist fought Mark Crawl. Did she win? No, because he threw French fries in her eyes, and oh. she got salt in salt. her eyes, and then he socked her in the face. <laughs> he's a, that doesn't seem very yeah, nice. no, he's a douchebag. <laughs> I never liked that guy. He was a diver, John. I know. I was a swimmer. Yeah. Yeah. You were a swimmer with Tim Clyke? Yeah. Oh, that's right. You stole the story. You stole his donut. Yeah, I stole one of his donuts. <laughs> Not his donut. He brought donuts in. <laughs> and I had just gotten out of the shower, so I was naked, John. And the locker rooms were very long. <laughs> so I grabbed the donut, and he started chasing me. So I ran down all the way to one end of the locker room, and I turned the corner, 
went around the lockers and went running all the way back, naked, holding a donut. <laughs> and when I went to make the turn to Ring toss. turn again, I slipped on my ass, and I slid probably 20 feet on my ass, feet first, and I slammed into the lockers. And right at that point is where the coach's door was, right there. So the coach opened the door right when he heard the slam. And he saw me on my back, <laughs> naked, holding a donut. Spread eagle. Spread eagle. <laughs> ah, that's out of sight. Oh, man. Yeah, good times. So good how times. was your Easter, man? Easter was good. So we were supposed to go to Denver, uh, and all the in-laws uh, are out in Denver. Mother-in-law, father-in-law, brother-in-law, sister-in-law. And originally we booked the trip to go have Easter out with them and then go to Boulder. Um, and then it turns out that my sister-in-law had to get a job in Texas, so she moved to Texas, and my brother-in-law said, oh, well, we're going to go with my wife's family for Easter. And we weren't sure if my mother and father-in-law were still going to be out there or not, so we canceled our trip. So we just hung out at home, and we got some steaks from... Whole Foods and some shrimp, and I grilled shrimp and steaks, and we had broccoli and asparagus. Oh, and I got uh, some uh, Parmesan encrusted tilapia. Nice for the lovely. And that was our Easter. We just hung out at home, and then we put the kids to bed, and we watched The Godfather. Really? Yeah. We got to talk about movies too. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember a goddamn thing I've seen. But I tell you what, I saw The Godfather. I can watch that once a month. It's such a good movie. Everything about it, the scripting, the writing, the acting, the story. Yeah. It's so good. Um, How was your Easter, John? Oh. Oh. So our, our Easter, well, so my wife and I were talking about, like, how we... We talk all the time on the show about how we put on a big spread, right, for Christmas, and it's a it's a disaster, right? It's it's actually not a disaster. I mean, every time it's over, I always look at my wife and say, "You pulled it off again." I mean, it's so it's so stressful, right? So there's all this fighting. How many people come over? Like twenty. Twenty people. We we serve. Anywhere between. Is it the same crowd that you have on Christmas comes over for Easter? Uh, well, Easter, it's usually a smaller. It's it's like, so we were doing, for a while we were doing Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter, okay? Um, and Easter is earlier. We usually bring everybody around two or three for dinner, and it's, it's ham, and we don't do lamb because my wife has this thing about lamb, cute little lamb. But I don't care. I love some rack of lamb. Lamb's good on Easter. But anyway. Uh, so we were talking about like how you know we do this every year. And everybody calls us and emails us and wants to know what we're doing for Easter. In the past few years, we've been eating out. We've gone somewhere for a brunch. And for a few years, we've been to this place in Marengo. Because uh, then you could get... The whole family out there, they can eat whatever the hell they want. It's it's a pretty decent price. It was like fifteen bucks a person back back then, and it's it's the old west. Have you ever seen this place in Marengo? It's like the old west town. 
Uh, yeah, I think so. You probably pass yeah. it on 23 or so. I think I actually stopped there like yeah. 20 years ago. Has it been around that long? Yeah, it's been around forever. And it's got a pretty cool cattle restaurant, like a steakhouse in it. But they do the Easter brunch and Mother's Day brunch there, and it's it's pretty cool. It's a pretty nice spread. It's pretty decently priced. They move the people through quite well. They have the Easter bunny there. The kids used to love it. And uh, then we decided when we had a house that was big enough, we started having it here. And then I said, you know what? Let's, the the kids are getting older. Uh, We don't have as many little kids anymore. Um, So, and they're always doing something different. Now that they're getting older, they're getting married, the nieces, the nephews, they're going to their families, and the group was getting smaller and smaller. So we would now we were going to like other places, like the Millrose uh, Brewery in Barrington for prime rib or something, and it was it was great. So for Thanksgiving, we decided we're not going to do Thanksgiving because uh, there was nobody. Everybody was going somewhere else. So it was just my parents and my wife and kids and her aunt. So we decided to go to the Abbey. You know what the Abbey is, right? Yeah. It's in Lake Geneva. Not in Lake Geneva, in Fontana. And it's literally, literally five minutes from my parents' house. So he said, let's try this out. So we go there, um, and it was a little tough for my mom. She has COPD. We got the, they have a little elevator to get her up to this one spot, but it was a long uh, uh, wheelchair ride all the way to the back to the buffet room. You go through the main restaurant, it's called the 240 West restaurant, and it was nicely decorated, very Christmassy, a giant fireplace. And then we go into this, you know, wedding type banquet room, but they had a, they had it decorated really nice. They had a piano player and a French horn player playing Christmas music and, you know, all kinds of jazz stuff. And it was really nice. The food was great. They were bringing out these fucking side of beef, like this roast beef. I kid you not, Scott. It it must have been 20 pounds. I mean, maybe more. <laughs> they brought it out in a cart. And it was like the whole leg of a cow. And uh, it was so good. It was so good. And we thought, okay, for Easter, again, emails are going back and forth. What are you guys doing? What should we do? And my mom can't really make the trip out here. We have no ramp for her because I have stairs coming up into my house. And uh, I said, well, what do you guys want to do? You know, we'll come out your way. You guys figure out what you want to do. So we have the opportunity of there's a Bigfoot Inn. You ever hear that place? That's no. on the way to Lake Geneva uh, from the Fontana side. So there's the Bigfoot Inn, which is pretty reasonable, and it's right by my parents' house. There's the Abbey at the 240 West Restaurant. There's uh, another place, Lake Lawn Lodge has a great buffet. And my parents are like, well, we don't care. I said, well, my kids want to see your new dog, so how about we just go to the abbey again it's really nice it's on the water it's in the cove uh we'll get a great seat like around three o'clock it's a brunch but they serve they have uh 
prime rib and ham and lamb and all that shit. Okay, great. So we set it up for 3 o'clock, my wife does, for seven of us. Well, my mom's got some sort of an infection in her face, so she couldn't go. So we went to the house to see the dog. Lines got crossed between my dad and I via text. He Once we pull in the driveway, I look at my phone, and he says, just go to the restaurant. I'm like, what the fuck? So I pull out of the driveway, go to the rest restaurant and I look over and he's standing outside with the dog in the in the rain <laughs> and I'm like what the fuck's he doing he just told me to go to the goddamn restaurant he's standing out there waving at us to wave us down I said screw it I'm like I text him we're we're going to the restaurant we'll come back and see the dog because you're five minutes away we went we get to the restaurant we wait for my dad my sister they show up my wife walks up to, now there's a line 20 people deep. Now this place, like, seats, I think, like, 400 people, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a line of 20 people waiting to check in with the hostess to say, we're here for our 3 o'clock feed bag, uh, you know, session. And my wife walks up there and says, hey, uh, party of, you know, 7, actually 6 now. We're here for 3 o'clock. And the woman says, well, there's no reservation. We, we don't have your reservation. No, no, no. Listen, I talked to... Look. Look. Listen, I talked to so-and-so. They took my credit card. They told me if I cancel after Friday, they will charge my credit card for each head at 40 bucks a head. $40, Scott. Wow. Now, when I looked online, it was only 36 but they informed my wife it was 40 And they would charge her credit card if we were no-shows, which I think is a really shit-fucking-ass policy. Just so, based on that alone, I'd find somewhere else to go. So, well, that's what I was... I was started looking at the Bigfoot Inn. I was going to give him a call. And she looks back at me, and she does this thing where she sticks her chung, tongue in her cheek. Her you know, chung? Her chung. Sticks her chung? <laughs> yeah, shut up. <laughs> it bulges it out, and I know she's pissed then. So I'm like, I'm going to go up there. My daughter, she starts crumpling up as soon as I am going to go say something, because I'm known to make a scene. <laughs> but I didn't. I went up there. Hey, how's it going? Well, apparently... They don't have a reservation. They don't have, like, four of these people's reservation. Uh, they say they're completely full. Uh, they might not be able to seat us, and I'm really pissed off, so I've asked for the manager. So the manager finally comes, and uh, she says, look, there must have been a mistake. And my wife's like, well, I don't care about that. I care that you guys have my credit card number. And she's like, well, no, it's not like that. Yeah, it is like that. You don't know how many times my credit card has been stolen because I gave it over the phone, and now you have my credit card information. Somebody does in this restaurant has my credit card information and threatened to charge me for seven people if we don't show up uh, for our, our seating. Oh, well, we just say that. We don't, we don't really do that. Um, well, that's kind of fucked up too, right? What if you change your mind or somebody gets sick? Now you're afraid that your credit card's going to get charged. You didn't even sign anything, and they got your card, and they could just charge it. 
So uh, they, she says, "Look, it was a mix-up. We got a seat for you." So they they got a they get us the table. Now there's six of us. They give us the table for like ten, <laughs> and it's round. So it's like a lot of shouting to my deaf dad uh, to try and have a discussion with him. A lot of huh, what, huh? And we sit down, and uh, the mater d comes over, and he says, uh, "What do you want to drink?" And I said, "Okay, what's part of the package?" And before I could finish the sentence, my son's already like, "I have a Pepsi." Uh, I'm like, "Son." I'm not finished talking to this man. Please don't interrupt. Oh, oh, sorry, Dad. Uh, I said, so what's included? He says, well, soda. I go, or I go like the Pepsis, and he goes, yeah, and juice and water and champagne and mimosas. Okay, great. So I don't. I order a mimosa. I order a diet Co- diet Pepsi. My son orders a Pepsi. Wife orders a diet Pepsi. Daughter orders a Pepsi. My dad, my sister order white Zinfandel. And I said, is that included? He goes, no, no, the, the hard drinks are, are all uh, uh, charged. Okay, great. So he says, okay, you guys can go. Go grab some food. So I get up, and we start walking around. They got an omelet station, right? Really cool omelet station set up. Circular. And they have four, like four stations for omelets. They have one guy, and there's like 30 people waiting for a fucking omelet. Okay, I'm not going there. I'll get there later. So I walk into the main dining room or the main serving room where they have all the carving stations. That's in a circle. So they have roast beef or, or prime rib. They have ham on the other side. They have lamb. And then they have pork tenderloin and some chicken. And nobody's there to carve the meat. So I see these two old women try to carve their own meat. Now, you, you see the big knife. It's like like two feet long, the carving knife. You've seen them? Yeah, yeah. And, and she's, she's trying to hold it with the fork. And I'm like, what are you doing? There's supposed to be a professional here. And this guy runs up. He goes, oh, oh, hold on. Let me get it. Let me get it. And he starts carving their meat for him. And when you go to these places. Does he work there? He works there, I assume. Does he know what he's doing? I don't know. He's carving away. And normally when they give you the food, they use the fork and the knife to place it on your plate. He takes his gloved hand and he just grabs the meat by, by his hands and he flops it down on their plate. It like splashes everywhere. I'm like, what the fuck is is this guy doing? And I'm watching this, and I realize, oh, I don't even have a plate. So I'm walking around, and there are no fucking plates. There's All the plates are little tiny hors d'oeuvre or salad plates. There's no dinner plates everywhere. I'm like, anywhere. I said, hey, you guys got plates? Uh, I'm confused. I'm sorry, we ran out. This doesn't seem well thought out, but no. you've been there before, and it was good. It was good. What happened? They changed management like the I bacon? Don't, I don't know what they did, but there were no plates, and and I, I'm just walking around now. I'm figuring I'm gonna, f- I gotta find a plate somewhere, um, and I'm scoping it out. And I decided to start opening, like you know, they have the covered. 
the food. It's covered in this kind of round cylinder, cylinder shaped like uh, warmer with the sternos underneath. And you open the lid and it kind of rolls back and it reveals this food, whatever's in there. Scrambled eggs, a pile of bacon or something. I open like six of them. They're nearly empty. There's like nothing in them. Like the scrambled eggs, there's like four little piles and they're kind of browned. (laughs) And I'm thinking to myself, how the fuck is this happening to me? It's happening to you. It's happening to everybody in there. I don't give a shit about anybody else. (laughs) I need my goddamn meat. And scrambled eggs or Belgian waffles. And and I look at my son and he goes by. He's got a giant. He's got two giant plates. Belgian waffles. A pile of eggs. He's got an omelet. And I'm thinking. Now my son is one of the biggest schmoozers I've ever seen. Like he can. He can weasel his way into anything and, and hook shit up, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, how did he do this? So I go back into the omelet room, and I see, oh, they got plates. And I grab the plate, and apparently it was somebody who had just set theirs down. And you grabbed their <laughs> plate? I grabbed their plate. But they didn't have any food on it yet. No food on it yet. I say, it's up for grabs, man. <laughs> And I hear the voice. I hear, Dad, that was my plate. <laughs> and I just kept walking. And I go back into the meat room, and I'm like, I got to have some meat. So I got some meat from the guy that barely, I, he might as well served it with his fucking bare feet, right? <laughs> and I got some salad, and I went back to my table, and I, I sipped my, so my Diet Pepsi came, and it comes in one of those skinny tall you ever see those tall skinny glasses they have at bars yeah and they and with ice they hold maybe four ounces yeah barely like a one straw sip is all you get out of it and that's all that was and uh so i just start pounding the mimosas i have those instead and uh i go back to get seconds and the dude never comes back to like offers any more drinks and uh i go back i get seconds finally they got some plates out so now i get some pork tenderloin i get some ham and this ham looks really weird now at thanksgiving they had turkey they had the beef and they had ham but they had ham on the bone this thing was like a fucking loaf it was the weirdest looking thing it 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 looked like a a giant hot dog that was sliced in half long ways and then scored across the back of it. And it was really salty. It was all salt. 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 Okay, so basically, uh, long story short, you don't recommend this place. I don't. But here's, here's the kicker. So we get our bill, and I see there's charges for drinks. And I'm like, hey. What's with the drinks? We we just ordered what was included with the buffet. He goes, "Oh no, I'm sorry, but the um, the sodas, the Pepsi's are uh, they are charged." I go, "Are you kidding me? Two dollars and fifty cents for fucking Pepsi?" Uh yeah. Um, and then they overcharged my dad on drinks. They they said he had six. Like six white Zinfandels when he only had two or three. (laughs) 
And then they tack on a 20% gratuity. I went and got my own fucking food. Right. That's like going to McDonald's and they they put a gratuity on there. It's $40 a head. So the first thing I did is we get in the car and I'm driving and my kids are like, uh, you know, there my daughter's like, there wasn't any soft serve ice cream there. I want a cone. Can you stop at McDonald's? And I'm like, I need a water. Yeah, sure. So we we're in, in Harvard on the way home after I'm all pissed off about what how much I had to pay. Um and it really wasn't that bad after I tell you how much we pay for Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter when we when we have it at our house for twenty people. Um we pull into the drive through at the McDonald's and there's a car in front of me. He pulls into the left lane because it's a Y. Now they have the McDonald's, it separates into two lanes. Right. So you got two speakers. So he goes into the left one. I see a car already in the the right one. So I figured they're just about done. I pull in right behind him. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. The chick is, she'll say something. And then she'll look in the back seat of her car and say something. And then she'll look back at the, the speaker and say something. And then she'll look back in the back seat. And then I hear her say, a Go-Gurt, a Big Mac without tomatoes. Uh, there's no tomatoes on the Big Mac. Okay, uh, then a Big Mac. And then her boyfriend and her husband jumps out of the car and he runs somewhere. I don't know where. He disappears. And I notice the lane that I could have gone in, the left lane, five cars. I, I'm not kidding. I counted them. Five Fucking cars have gone through, ordered, and moved on. And this fucking bitch, and her with her kids, and her whatever the hell the dude was boyfriend, husband they look like hillbillies, right? Yeah. She's still ordering one thing at a time, rolling her eyes. I could see her in her mirror, and I finally lost it. I punched it around her. My wife screams, Settle down. And I, I'm i like, well, I'm just going to park. And we'll just, the kids can run in. And my daughter didn't want to go in because she was embarrassed. Because I, I did what? I pulled around. You punched it I when you punched pulled around. It, yeah. So uh, we, my wife and I switch. She's going to drive. And while I'm, we're going home after the kids get their shit and come back, I decide to write this shitty review on the Facebook, uh, the, the Abby's Facebook, uh, uh, whatever they call it, Facebook, Facebook, what do you call it? Facebook, Facebook? Page, Facebook page. Yeah. So I wrote this really long, nasty review. But it's not McDonald's, it's the, the car in front of you. I mean, if you're a, if you're the teenage... Kid no, working no, the, behind the no, counter. No, no, no. What are you the supposed fa- to do? The Facebook was about the Abbey, so oh. I needed to calm down the from, Abby, from I see. this fucking five car ordering bitch in front of me that I don't know. Was there 30 kids in the backseat of her Toyota Tercel? I don't know. But the way she was ordering, she would like look back there and then look at the speaker. And a go, Gert. 
and then lean back. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I hate and that And a small fry. And hold on. A small Sprite. Hold on. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. So I had to calm down, and my wife took over driving, and I wrote a scathing review on the Abbey's On the Abbey, not Facebook on McDonald's. Very good. Page. But Is it still I, there? Yeah, it's still there. Yeah. Do you get likes? <laughs> no. I didn't notice any. So my wife's actually going to write a letter to him. Um, but, you know, we thought we, we started doing these like buffet things because we started looking at the bills, how much it was costing us. Mm-hmm. Okay, one year it cost us $800 for 22 people. Okay. And that and that's because we had we had beef tenderloin, we had a ham, we had a turkey, we had and I tell you about the fucking sides. We must have fifty goddamn sides. I, I've never seen so many fucking sides. And then I do a whole martini selection. I, I make multiple martinis. Um and beer. So we got a lot going on, but one year it was 800 bucks we spent. And we don't do lobsters and stuff like that like Nick does. You've seen his spreads. I'm sure they spend like way more on some of their parties. Yeah, but it's all a business expense, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. Why wouldn't <laughs> it be? That's a good idea. <laughs> Maybe I got to get in the food service business. There you go. But that's kind of why we stopped, you know, because it was it cost us a fortune and... Nobody really helps. <laughs> I mean, they just show up and they feed themselves and they get drunk and then they leave. Um, but we've we've started make we've started giving people assignments now. Yeah, that's what you got to do. Delegate. So now we're we've we've uh, I don't know what we're gonna do this year, but Christmas is always I guess we have to do it because we always do it. But I don't I don't know about Thanksgiving. Um. Because I really did like the buffet. I did. I did. I enjoyed the Thanksgiving. And that was a fiasco, too, because my wife gave her aunt directions and said, Hey, we're at the Abbey in Lake Geneva. Okay, which is wrong. It's in Fontana. And we're at 240 West. The place is called 240 West. Well, she punched into her GPS, 240 West, Lake Geneva. Mm. And it took her to the other side of the the lake. lake. Yeah. And my wife calls her and says, hey, where are you? We're, we're eating. She says, I'm sitting in front of a house at 240 West in Lake Geneva. There's no restaurant here. <laughs> so she was like an hour and a half late. I had that. Uh, I was up there for a triathlon and we're trying to meet TP before we go pick our packet up or after for dinner. And he gave us the name of some place and we showed up at apparently there's two places in Lake Geneva with the same goddamn name and I can't remember what it is now but we're sitting there waiting at this place and I'm Tony where are you I'm texting him he's like I'm at the uh and I'm like you're not here I'm here oh no that's that's not the right place it's um 
<laughs> and so then he gave us directions and we went over. But it was it was something like the the Blue Lake Tavern and the Blue Lake Pub. <laughs> you know, and you had to <laughs> you had to be at the right one. And I we were at the wrong one. <laughs> but I don't like buffets. I just don't like them. So when no. I was in Europe, uh, there's so many great restaurants uh, where I was staying. Restaurants? Restaurants in Leiden. And then I was in uh, Amsterdam. I, I saw Anne Frank's house. Oh, just a quick thing about that. You go through this, uh, you go through the house that Anne Frank hid in. And I always oh. thought it was this little teeny attic, right? Yeah. And I've never seen any of the movies. And I haven't even read the book. But it was uh, it wasn't an attic. It was uh, it was a pretty spacious. I mean, it was bigger than what I grew up in. You know what I'm saying? It was above a, an yeah. office, and then there was some living quarters, and but there were seven or eight people in there at a time, and they they didn't leave the thing for two fucking years. Whoa! Um, but uh, so this I don't know if you know the story, but uh, somebody turned him in. They still don't know who, but they came and they got everybody out. The father was the only one who survived. And the father went back and he found uh, her journals. So he read them all and he, he was the one who was the, like the first editor. And then he submitted them for publication. But at the very end of this exhibit, so you, you go through the house and you see all these uh, things you can stop and read. And they have videos that are the actual people that knew Anne Frank and they talk about her. And then the very end, the father is in this video, and he says, here's, here's what I learned. Um, I lived with Anne uh, very closely, very intimately for two years. This is my daughter. And we didn't have a lot to do except talk. And we would debate and talk and debate. And then I read her journals. And one thing I can tell you is what I've learned from this. As a parent, you will never, ever know what your kids are thinking. And he only knew that because he found her journal, her diaries. Yeah. And and he said, more than half of this stuff in here surprised me. And it's, uh, he said it more eloquently than I'm saying it, but he said a parent will never, ever know their kids. How could they? I spent two years in the same goddamn room with my daughter, and I, I didn't know her. I didn't know her at all. And we talked every day. So that's what I found yeah. very um, interesting about that. Uh, but all these great restaurants, and then this one guy that we've worked together on the phone for five years, and we we like each other, and we like working with each other. We've never met. So he he's staying at my hotel. He's only there for two days. He's from the U.K., and then he's got to fly back. And so I'm like, hey, what do you want to do for dinner? Oh, uh, let's just go to the buffet. I'm like, oh, really? All right. So we go to the buffet. <laughs> really? And it was. It, um, I don't. I don't like buffets anymore. I, I, I did when I was a bachelor and I was broke and it was all yeah. you can eat, you know. But I can afford food now, and the food was buffet food, and it's, <laughs> it's. Uh, so I had my one plate, and and uh, we talked. We were there for like an hour and a half, and he went up and got two or three plates, and he's a thin guy. But then we got charged for this thing, and it was like 40 euro, which in, in American dollars is almost 45 or 50 bucks yeah. for a fucking hotel buffet. Yeah. I was insulted by that. Oh, but the one cool thing about the Holiday Inn that I stayed at, if I put this sign on my door, 
like at, by 6 a.m. every morning that said, hey, don't clean my room, they would give me five euro credit at the bar. Whoa. I didn't use any of it, but I have $40 credit, euro credit, next time I go back. Uh, because I never got my, I got my room clean like twice in the two weeks that I was That's there. That's out of sight. That is totally out of sight. So I, I have a packet of Holiday Inn vouchers, five-euro vouchers for the bar. So that's pretty cool. That is out of sight. Well, buffets are good when they're done right. <clears throat> yeah, but then how, how many are done right? Like you said, the Abbey that one year was done right, and then yeah. this year was a total fucking train wreck. It's like the opposite of what's done right. Everything is wrong. <laughs> it was horrible. The pork tenderloin was dry. The only buffets that I, and I don't even go to them, but I, I hear that the only buffets that are really any good anymore are the ones in Vegas. Oh, yeah. Those are good, man. But I don't go. I go to Strip Burger, and then I basically, um, I'll have something by the pool, and that's it. We got to go to Cobble Wobble. Cobble Wobble? Yeah, that's that Sammy, a, Sammy Hagar's place. It's in Vegas or the yeah. real Cobble Wobble? Well, that too. In Cabo. San Lucas. I watched a whole thing about him. Well, it's his new show. It's like Sammy Hagar Rock Tour or something like that. And it's like a half hour show or an hour show. It's like... Uh, it's kind of a, a ripoff of uh, diners, drive-ins, and dives, but with it's with more with music and his band. Or just and, bands? Well, he goes to places and they talk about the food and stuff because he's he's he owns a bunch of restaurants and bars now. Restaurants. <clears throat> and he has uh, restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> restaurants. Hey, man, that must be my European uh, influence. <laughs> my restaurants. Restaurants. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, uh, he was, the last show was him going back to the Cabo Wobble in Cabo San, San Lucas, which he opened. He would go there every year with his family because they had a birthday around the same time, and he'd go with his family there for their birthdays. And he decided he wanted like a little tiny bar just to do tequila, have some live music, like a thousand square feet. And he went in on it with like Eddie Van, you know, the Van Halens and Michael Anthony, the bass player. And uh, the Van Halens were like, fuck this place, man. We're going to get kidnapped. This is a shithole. So they wanted out of the deal. So it was just Michael Anthony and Hagar. And they got the place going. And Hagar was saying, yeah, I didn't know, you know, I wasn't paying attention to the plans. It was in square meters, and I thought it was square feet. So it turned out to be three times the size that I thought it was going to be. I wanted this, like, 10,000-square-foot place. It came out to be 30,000 square feet. And at first they weren't really filling it. You know, there'd be like 50 people or 100 people. And then uh, he decided to start doing his birthday bashes there. 
with the capacity is 750. Mm-hmm. And uh, it got so awesome that he... Hold on. 30,000 square feet and the capacity is only 750? I think for the the part where the band plays, ah. the, the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, 750 people, and it got to the point where he had to play, like, from Thursday to Sunday because to accommodate all these people that would get tickets and they would camp out and and do all this shit. But um, what the fuck? Network dropped. Come on, stay with the show. I'm sorry. Anyway, so I thought it was pretty cool. It looked really nice, you know. Um, he was showing what kind of drinks they make, the food. He ended up with his own tequila, his own rum. And I think we should go there sometime. Like, not when his birthday is, but his band. He's in, like, three bands now. He's worth, like, $120 million. And Eddie's missing half a tongue, and he sounds like shit on stage with David Lee Roth. Didn't he? Yeah, something like that. He's a bum. And Sammy's the real deal. He's just like the nicest guy ever. And, yeah, I think that would be cool. So he has a a Cabo Wabo in Vegas. He's got one in Hollywood, another in another place. Let's go what, to the one in four Vegas. Five places. I think we should check it out. Do we have to make a reservation? Um, I don't know. Probably not on a weeknight. Uh, all right, John. Uh, we're going to talk about one more thing, then we're going to get the hell out of here. And we're going to come back strong. Yeah. Well, are we? So next Monday is NCAA Final Four, uh, actually the championship game next Monday night. We're going to podcast during the championship game. We gonna move to Sunday? What are we gonna do? We gonna well, move what do you to think Sunday about Sundays? For good? You like Sundays? Sundays for good? Do you not like Sundays? Um, there, I, there's pros and cons to me for Sundays. <laughs> like, like what? What's what's the issue with Sundays? Uh, it's it's the uh, coming down from the weekend and uh, gearing up for the week, and gearing up for the week includes work podcasting, and band stuff. You know, because we have practice on Tuesday yeah. night. Right. Uh, so I'd have to, you know, I'd have to make a mental adjustment. <laughs> which may be difficult. But I'll think about it. Alright. Alright, so then we're going to try to get back into some sort of rhythm. I hate when we don't have, when we have these six weeks off, we don't have any rhythm. Yeah. Um, so we have to catch up with, you know, why we well, were I off. I thought we were going to talk about movies. Yeah, we're going to talk about movies. movies? Yeah, we're just going to quickly talk about movies, right? right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't I don't really remember seeing any movies. That's why we're going to quickly talk I about did. it. I um, did. Hold on. I, I just wanted one movie that I did see on the plane. Uh, it was called, I don't know where you would even find this fucking movie, but it was called Lambert and Stamp. And these were the two guys that uh, I was intrigued by this because it was Lambert and Stamp, and these are the managers of The Who. But the tagline for the movie was something like, if it weren't for these guys, The Who wouldn't have existed. And I'm like, fuck that. The Who was the Pete Townsend. It had nothing to do with these two guys. They got lucky. 
but then when you see the movie, Lambert and Stamp had everything to do with The Who. And the one guy even taught Pete Townsend how to write songs and, and came up with the concept of writing this rock opera, which Whoa. is really what put them on the map. So it was really kind of a cool movie if you're a, a Who fan. Uh, uh, I'm a big Who fan, and I didn't know any of this shit. Uh, but it was it was cool. Um, and other than that, I can't remember any goddamn movies that I saw. Did you see Creed? I did see Creed. See, I'm trying to think. Didn't we talk about this before February 2nd? Or did we see Creed after that? Um, I saw it after because I think I saw it on the plane going to... Um, I saw Creed. I liked yeah, it a lot. going to Arizona. And uh, they nominated Sly for uh, the best actor there. It really was supporting. It was a really good movie. I mean, it was it was up there with the first one. He played he played such a great part as Rocky Balboa. Well, that character is, is so iconic, and I, I don't think anything would be better than the first movie. The first movie was uh, shot on this budget and and just had this this vibe to it. Yeah, it was and it had this dirtiness to it. I mean, it was it was. You could feel the weight in that movie. I mean, the movie had a lot of weight to it. This kind of reminded me of that weight, though, especially when he got sick. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, you know, when the movie started, I was, I asked my wife, "So who's going to die in this movie? Somebody always <laughs> dies. You think it'll be Rocky? You think Rocky will die, or who's who's going to?" And then when Rocky got sick, she was really upset because she thought it might be Rocky yeah. Balboa. Hey. I saw um, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Oh, yeah? I haven't seen that. Is it good? Would it's, you recommend it's it? It's fucking great, man. Uh, the chick that plays in there, um, her name's Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm like, God, she looks familiar. She was the daughter in uh, To Live Free or Die Hard. Live free or die. Yeah, the one oh, where, right, where right. like she's she oh, yeah. keeps kicking the fucking guy and the the dude the bad guy's like, you got her? Hello? Can can you handle this chick or what? She kept like punching the, her handler while she was being held hostage, waiting for her dad. Yeah, she's been in some Quentin Tarantino stuff too. Oh yeah, okay. Like what? The one with uh, Kurt Russell. Oh, uh, Death Proof. Yeah. She was really good in it. The fucking best. So, it's basically three people in the mo- in the entire movie. It's John Goodman, this Elizabeth Winstead, and Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And is it Damien Chazelle? Chazel? Yeah. The guy who played Jesus, right? Him? No. Not him. Oh, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead was also in a fucking awesome movie called Sky High. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not who it is. That guy is the... Um, uh, it's written by Josh Campbell, Matthew Stuckin, and Damien Chazelle. The other, the other actor is John Gallagher Jr. So... Uh, basically, the the, the film kind of opens up with this chick who's packing up all her shit, this, this Mary Elizabeth, packing up her shit. She gets in her car. She's pissed off. 
she's driving. It's nighttime, and uh, uh, she keeps getting phone calls from a boyfriend who is, who is, I guess, fiance, who fucked up or something, and is trying to get her back. And then she gets in this bad car accident, and she wakes up in this bunker. And John Goodman uh, is the owner of this bunker, and he's he's a little fucking creepy. I mean, he play he is no Walter <laughs> like he is, and he is a creepy motherfucker in this movie. And the other guy, this John Gallagher. He's a guy that kind of helped him build this bunker. And he ended up in there too. And uh, John Goodman's like, you can't go outside. You guys are stuck. We're living here for a couple of years if we have to. And, the, and, and this chick is like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was in a car accident. Now I'm here. My knees, my legs all fucked up. What the, what do you mean? And she keeps hearing, like, cars going over the bunker. And she's trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. And the, and John Goodman's not, like, giving any details. He's just creepy as fuck. And uh, he'll finally say something like, there's contamination out there. There was some explosions. The, the aliens, it's an invasion, some sort of an invasion. And... It's not like Cloverfield, the movie we went to see, where you said, I can't wait till all these people die. Yes. <laughs> and Special Ed's like, what a great soundtrack. <laughs> and there wasn't any. Um, it's just like really creepy. And they're stuck in this bunker for like whole movie? 90% of the movie. And then some stuff kind of gets revealed and... It's good. It's just I, I don't want to give anything away because it's such a really good psychological. Give anything thriller. away? You you just set up the whole movie. Give what? anything away? What? Well, we find out why she gets down there because she got in a car accident. So you gave the whole setup of the movie. No, I set it up for you, but but you don't but, want to give anything. No, away. there's after that. Then it's just like you gotta see. You just gotta see what what transpires because it's really. It's really good. It's really well acted. The story is pretty cool. Um, I was on the edge of my fucking seat the whole movie. The like, whole movie? Yeah, because I'm like, what the what? This doesn't make any sense to me. What's gonna happen? You know, you're, and it kind of is slow. It kind of hobbles along, but it gets creepier and creepier and creepier as it goes along, until the big payoff. And I'm wondering, are they going to make, like, a part two? And if they do, then it becomes the big blockbuster science fiction version of it. But this, as far as an opening, was really cool. And, I mean, it was only a $15 million budget, made $68 million in the box office, and it got a 90% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I'll have to check it out. 7.4 out of 10. Probably not in the theater, though. Yeah. Well, that reminds me, John. So uh, the the other movie I saw, well, two things. One is I saw this movie just recently. I can't remember what the fucking movie was. 
but they would blow people's heads up um, <laughs> when you didn't think they were. And I was on the edge of my seat the rest of the movie because I always thought somebody's head was going to get blown. Oh, I know what it was. Fury with Brad oh, Pitt. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. may have mentioned that. <laughs> I that think we talked about Fury be before. Great. But uh, it, it, it was an extra thing of tension because out of nowhere, some guy would get his head blown off. And it's like, oh, crap. So then when they'd just be sitting there having like a planning meeting, I'm like, okay, which guy's head's going to get blown up? And it, it added uh, extra yeah. tension. Yeah. Now, the other movie I saw on the plane was um, Man from Uncle. Man from Uncle. Have you seen oh, that I've one? I've seen that, yeah. It's good. I liked it a lot. It's pretty good. And the woman in that is the same woman who was in Ex Machina. Yeah. And she just won an Oscar, John, for some other movie. For what? In 2016. I don't know. I don't know which movie. Did you see Batman versus Superman? I haven't seen that. Oh, I can't wait. You haven't seen that either? I haven't seen it, no. It got really shitty reviews. Yeah, but so did The Room. The the Room got the same reviews from Rotten Tomatoes. Have as, you seen uh, The Room? No. Okay. So, yeah, but The Room was an Academy Award winning movie. Uh, a nominated? It didn't win, did it? Whatever. Nominated, won. Yeah. Didn't it win? I thought it won. The Room? No, yeah. Spotlight won. Oh, Spotlight. Which yeah. I haven't seen yet. And I would have uh, voted for the big short to yeah. win. Yeah. That would have been mine, but I haven't seen Spotlight yet. I heard Spotlight is very, very good. Yeah, that got like 35% Rotten Tomatoes and a 3.5 out of 10. The Room? Yeah. Is that the one she was in that she won the award no. for? Well, let me see. The Room? What's I've never heard of The Room. It's Vikander. Vikander. No. no. The no, Room. No. The Room. I thought it won a... Maybe it didn't. It was... I thought it was nominated. Anyway. <clears throat> but I saw... Um, I also saw the uh, Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2. Yeah. Do you see those? Any of those? Uh, No, I don't see any of those. Oh, Never. really? Yeah, just correction here, John. The Room was not nominated oh, okay. for <laughs> Best Picture. <laughs> and you haven't even seen it. No. And she's not even in it. I don't even know why we're talking about it. Go ahead. I don't know, because it was to kill somebody showed it was equal to uh, Superman and Batman, whatever. Anyway, so To Kill a Mockingbird, you dumbass. <laughs> I just saw that. The when Hunger I was Games, Mockingbird yeah, Part 2. The Hunging Hung Games. Hunging Games. <laughs> that was pretty cool. That was actually really, really cool. Um, that's one of those films where it's a dystopian future and the. External sects are basically the labor for all the rich people that are in the middle. So you have the central city, and on the outside, outskirts, they have uh, these different districts, and each district performs some sort of service to serve the rich people. So one district makes clothes, another one does farming, another one does, you know, building. Um, and then the Hunger Games is a game where they select people from each of the districts to compete against each other, and 
whoever wins ends up going to the central city and they be, you know, they get all kinds of great stuff. They become like a celebrity, a celebrity. Yeah. And, uh, she ends up, her sister, little sister ends up being the, the, the tribute or the selected party for the hunger games. And she, uh, donates herself she she uh substitutes herself in tribute for her sister uh this um jennifer lawrence jennifer lawrence and that's the first movie um but then they came out with the mockingjay hunger games mockingjay part one and part two so part one we saw like last year and it was really good and and it ended in a it's basically the these districts now have formed an alliance with some people on the inside to try and take over and bring democracy back into play and and kind of and we're back. Yeah. Why are we back, John? We're back because uh I forgot to check the uh card on the um Zoom and apparently I had a lot of recordings on there. Um yeah, so we ran out of space, basically. Yeah. Well, it should be like 100 gig, and um, I guess maybe... Oh, no, I got a 32 gig in there. Ah, see? There ah, you have it. That's yeah, what it so, is. Yeah, uh, so what you missed was we talked about Daredevil, which we both really enjoyed. Right. And we talked about uh, House of Cards, and you finished up Mockingjay Bird Lane kill it, to kill a <laughs> Mockingbird. No. And Hunger Games, Mockingjay. And we talked about uh, getting back on schedule yeah. and, and making this more of a regular thing. Right. Because it's very difficult to do this uh, when you take six weeks off. Uh, so that's what we're going to try to do. Yeah. 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 So, and you're on a separate, you're on a different mic now. I'm on a different mic, yes, because you're I already tore my, my shit down. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you've struck your set. You striked your set. Yes, but producer of the year hooked me up uh, yeah. while I was taking a leak and uh, said, "Hey, we yeah, gotta." Here we go. We'll fix it. We'll fix it. Fix it. You we'll seem very upset that I well, fucked up again. <laughs> well, it's no, it's I'm not upset yeah, about you that. Are. I'm upset because I should be home now. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what that sound is, right there. Yes, right? I know what that means, John. It's over. You know what that means? What? Yeah, it's over. It's over. It's over for tonight. Episode three hundred nine comes to a close. In the can. That's right, John. So. uh... Total Talk Nonsense with John and Scott. I'm John. And I'm Scott. And uh, that's it for tonight. So say goodnight, Scott. Goodnight, Scott. You're listening to John and Scott. Total Talk Nonsense.